before we even kick off the podcast, I just want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. Hi, I'm Coach Tony Schiffman, and welcome to the Hog Football Podcast, where we talk all things football and all things offensive line. I've got with me Coach Shea Monroe today. Coach Monroe was recently named the head football coach at Asheville High School in Asheville, Alabama, uh, and he just finished his eighth year of coaching high school football. Uh, he's served in previous capacities as a quarterback coach, offensive coordinator for six years, and actually as an offensive line coach for two seasons. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to have Coach Monroe with me this morning or this afternoon, and, and uh, how are you doing over there, Coach? Doing well, Coach. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. For sure, for sure. So First question I've got to ask is, uh, you know, with with being a part of a lot of teams and being a part of a lot of successful teams, talk to me a little bit about how the offensive line played a role in the success that those teams had. Well, you know, the first thing we look at in our scheme is, you know, what can they do? Um, so, you know, the scheme never changes. We don't make wholesale changes, but we make adjustments. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, what the O-line can do is – vindictive of what we can do offensively so everything we do is based off the line you know I feel like you ask any high school coach nowadays and they say you know well heck we got skilled kids we just don't have any linemen I think that's the most cliche thing I hear in high school football nowadays right. you know and in some instances it's very true you know some instances uh you know you see a team and they're really good in the skill department and and they just you know they maybe don't have uh the, the linemen that another team does and maybe pampers them from, from being a, you know, state championship contending team. But, you know, um, I, I just think it's about what fits your kids and, and what you can do to help your kids. Right. Absolutely. And that's, uh, we've talked about that before on this podcast about playing to the strengths of your players. And I think a lot of coaches uh, forget that sometimes and try to try to force, force things upon their kids that aren't, aren't good to force. Mm -hmm. Great. Right. Yeah. Um, right. You know, you you started out as an offensive line coach before sort of making the transition to quarterbacks and offensive coordinator. Talk to me a bit about that transition. Was it tougher as, as an offensive line coach or was it tougher for you going into the, the quarterback slash offensive coordinator role? Um, you know, my first year coaching O-line was um, in 2012 in South Georgia at Dublin High School for Coach Roger Holmes. Uh, coach Holmes is one of the, the best in the business as far as the wing tee goes and you know, quite frankly, he's one of the best football coaches, you know, as far as I'm concerned, ever. Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy's he's great. Um, he's going to be a Hall of Fame guy some days, you know, won two state championships. But actually, uh, I was I was one of two O-line coaches. So, uh, like I said, we were a wing T team. And uh, Lance, uh, Coach Lance Helton, who's now the head football coach at Jeff Davis in, uh, in Hazelhurst, Georgia, really good friend of mine. Uh, he coached the centers and guards, and I coached the tackles and the tight ends. Okay. So, really, my my first year, and Lance had already been on staff a year. He knew the scheme. Um, my first year was not as hard because it wasn't all on me. Right. You know, I had to worry about two – I had to worry about, you know, the left tackle, the the tight end, and the right tackle. And then if we got in two tight ends, you know, I had essentially the max four guys to worry about. Um, you know, when I when I came to Alabama – uh, my wife is from Alabama. That's how I ended up here. When I came to Alabama, um, and, and I coached for, for Brad Wallace at Lincoln High School, um, you know, 
we didn't ha- – I, I got hired as an O-line coach, okay? I got hired to do all the O-line in a, in a spread system. And, um, you know, we – our OC ended up leaving and taking a head job, and we couldn't fill the position. So here I am, 24 years old, um, and, and Coach Wallace tells me, hey, you're going to be the offense coordinator too. Mm-hmm. So I coached O-line and coordinated the offense, and, man, that was, a, that was brutal. It was a nightmare, you know. I'm sure a lot of guys can do it. I couldn't do it at that time because I was so young. I was so inexperienced. Right. And I always tell guys, especially young guys, man, like there's no substitute for experience. I, I promise you. You know, you can think you know everything, but until you've seen everything, you, you really don't know. Um, you know, that's just my opinion. But, um, you know, transitioning to the quarterbacks, you know, I got to kind of see the big picture. Um. So it was tougher for me being an O-line guy, um, just just coaching the O-line. Right. You know, because all I worried about was, you know, the front. Um, where as a quarterback, you know, coaching the quarterbacks, I, you know, you don't have as – and coordinate the offense. It sounds crazy, but you don't have as much to worry about. Like, you just got to worry about how, you know, all right, how is the quarterback responding to this certain situation? And obviously knowing the same situation, being on the same page, as opposed to, man, I got to worry about, you know, hey, four of my five O linemen are doing great, but I really got to fix this one kid or I got to try and replace him. You know, I just felt like it was way more stressful being an O line coach than a quarterback's coach. <laughs> See, and <laughs> I, I, I think the opposite. I, I would feel much more stressed coaching the quarterbacks than coaching the offensive line. Well, I think it's just, you know, I, I only coached O line for two years. Yeah. You know, so I wasn't like a career O line guy. You know, I didn't coach O line for 10 years. Um, you know, that, that was the best thing to happen to me, though, coaching offensive line. That was, that was great. Um, I got to, um, you know, be around a lot of good kids and learn a lot of good things from a lot of good coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coaching quarterbacks is, is phenomenal. It's great. I've been, I've been very blessed to be around some good quarterbacks, um, including the one we have at Asheville High School now. But, um, you know, and I think it's just really – it might just be a personality thing, man. You know, you might – uh. You know, because quarterbacks, you got to stroke them a little bit more. Right. You know, you got to, you got to stroke. And, and man, I've had some personalities at quarterback too. I've had some, and some different ones. Um, but so, you know, O line, it's kind of, it's almost like a kid knows when he's going to play O line that, okay, you know, the O line coach is going to be a little off as a rocker. Right. You know, that's, and I think that's just the perception. And I know, like, I know when I moved from O-line to quarterbacks, my, like, I completely, like, changed the way I coached. You know, because you can't coach a quarterback like you coach an offensive lineman. They, they quit. Right. Right. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's uh, you know, that, and that's unfortunate because those quarterbacks, they're the ones that need that, you know, they got to be able to handle that pressure in those situations where, you know, they, you got to be kind of, you got to be careful with them sometimes. You don't want to break them too, break them down too, too quickly. Yeah, but uh, right, you know. right, and I mean, a, a, a lot of the times, you know, if you're quarter, uh, sorry, coach, I don't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. I think too. Yeah. A, a lot of the times, too, you know, if your quarterback's really good, um, and like I said, I've been fortunate enough to have been around some good ones. You know, if your quarterback's really good and he's a and he's a baller, the last thing you want to do is, you know, get him in a shell, and and not have not him thinking you don't have confidence in him. Right. You know, and, and I think that's, uh, you know, um, I think that's just a big part of it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the other, the next question I have for you is kind of just kind of going along with everything that that's going on right now. You know, you, you just got the, the job recently at Asheville. Um, talk to me a little bit about kind of your, your plan your process for, for what you're doing with the kids and for filling out your staff. Cause it's, it's gotta be tough right now with everything going on to, to kind of get the guys you want to get, but, but talk to me sort of about what your plan is and how you're handling everything. Sure. So, um, I, I was board, I was approved by board of education on Tuesday night. Um, and I had, a uh, I texted our, our guys on staff, which I've, I'd been on staff for the previous two seasons for coach okay. Simmons and, and coach Simmons, just phenomenal guy, really good football coach. Um, you know, I, I owe Barry Simmons a lot. Um, so I want to say that first and foremost, but I texted him and just said, Hey guys, you know, let's have a staff meeting tomorrow at nine o'clock if, if everybody's good for it. And they said, yeah, we're good. So, um, and I said, Hey, plan on staying around a little while. We got to get some stuff done in the field house. So we go up there, we meet, you know, I had a, a staff manual put together for them, um, gave that to them. And, you know, we just talked about, you know, and I just kind of talked about what I want the program to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coach, uh, Asheville is a place that um, was once a, a very, very proud program um, and just kind of fallen on hard times in the last, you know, haven't had a winning season since 2005, um, you know, haven't won a playoff game since 01. Mm-hmm. Um, had some, I mean, Rush Probst, his coach there, he was, that was his first head job. Uh, John Gross, who's now the head coach of Jacksonville State, that was his, fir- uh, that was his first head job. Uh, Bill Clark, the head coach of UAB, was on staff there for his dad when he his dad was the head coach there. So you've had a lot of good coaches come through there, um, you know. But there's just been a constant carousel of coaches. Uh, for instance, I'm the seventh head coach in 15 years. Okay. Okay. Um, and and look, it's nobody's fault that the program's in in the shape it is right now. Um, you know, it, I'm not about placing blame. All I can do is look forward. Um, so, you know, I got with staff and I just told them, you know, Hey guys, this is, um, this is what I want the program to look like. And the first thing we talked about was, you know, building relationships with our players and every guy on staff, I'm fortunate. Every guy right now was on staff last year and every one of them were planning on retaining. Um, so that's a good thing is they know us, we know them. Um, we've all been together two years. Um, so that's a good thing. But, I, you know, I just focus, – guys, focus on building relationships, okay? You know, you can't get on to a kid until that kid knows how much you care about him. Right. Okay, and just – you know, and then we talked about creating a, a culture, okay? And I think that's – you know, culture is a very it's – a, it's a word that gets tossed around a lot, especially in high school athletics. But really and truly, we don't have a culture at Asheville High School. We have, we have a culture of losing – you know, but we don't have a culture of, um, you know, hey, um, these are the standards that I'm going to be held to every single day. Right. And I think if a kid knows what you expect of them, I think it makes a, a lot easier transition. Um, you know, but you can't tell them, you know, I'm a big believer and you can't tell them, hey, this is what's expected of you and never show them. You know, so I, I talked about our coaches. Look, guys, if we're going to hold our players to the standard, I said, we got to be the model of the standard. Right. So, you know, as much as I want to hold them accountable, I'm going to hold you just as accountable. Okay. Um, being positive with our players. Asheville's a, Asheville's a place where, you know, there's some people that 
that are doing okay. And there's some people that are, you know, maybe struggling a little bit. Um, you know, so the biggest thing is I, I told our staff, I said, look, I know it's hard sometimes, but you need to be as positive as possible. Okay. You need to be as positive as possible. So um, implementing a uh, five to one rule. Okay. So five to one is uh, for every one constructive criticism you give, you give five positive feedbacks. Right. Okay. Um, and the coaches, I think coaches kind of looked at me and they're like, coach, that's going to be pretty tough. I'm like, well, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to get through it. You're going to have to change your mindset a little bit. Um, so, um, you know, with the Corona, with the, with the COVID-19, the coronavirus going on, um, you know, we've, we've kept up with our kids on, on group me. Um, you know, I send out a, a text every day and that's something I was doing before I was named the head coach, just mm -hmm. kind of taking over in the interim. Um, and then, you know, we have a, uh, we have a, a, not a zoom meeting, but we have a Microsoft teams through our school and we put all of our football players in the program on our Microsoft teams page. And, um, we, we have a video chat with them once a week, you know, just kind of go over eligibility, you know, Hey, these are the things you need to be getting ready. That way we can kind of be ahead, uh, when the, when the, um, when the, uh, when the summer rolls around. So right. that's, you know, that's kind of some of the things we're doing right now. Um, you know, uh, we're going to have, we'll obviously have some staff meetings um, in the next week or so too. Right. Awesome. That, I mean, there's only so much you can do, but as long as you guys are, like you said, I, I like, I, you know, I love the stuff you talk about with positivity and, and making sure that, that the kids can see it because, you know, they can, they can see it. They can, they know when, they know when we're happy, they know when we're sad, they can read those things. So it's important to, to try to stay as positive, positive as much as you can. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally, I totally with you. I'm totally yeah. with you. Yeah. Well, coach, last question I've got for you. And, and, and this is uh this is the one that's been given everybody fits, but um, if you could put together a, a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen um, from guys you've, you've coached guys you've maybe played with or guys you were just a fan of who would be on that five man offensive line. So, so, the first person I'm going to put on here is a guy I'm sure nobody's ever heard. Of. The high school when I was a high school senior. Um, I graduated in 2007. I played for for Mickey Kahn, who's the safeties coach at Clemson now, mm -hmm. and we, we were a two tight end uh, wing T team. Okay. Um, now to give you an idea, Grayson now is a national powerhouse in high school football. Sure. Okay. Uh, when I was at Grayson, we were not. Okay, it was a it was a it was a relatively new school. Um, Coach Khan had had taken they opened the school in two thousand. He was the only head football coach there until who I want to say two thousand twelve or two thousand thirteen. It might have been two thousand fourteen. Anyway, <clears throat> so my senior year, and I found this out later, um, we'd had two losing seasons in a row, and um, and the booster club and the the athletic director had gone to Coach Khan and basically told him, "Look, if you don't if you don't make the playoffs this year, you're you're gone." Right. And you know, I didn't find that out until I was in college. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, our senior class was not the most talented class, but we all we we just decided, you know, hey, we're tired of losing. Um, you know, we're we're gonna pull together and and make it, you know, make it what it is and, and do the best we can. So there was this, like I said, we were a wing T team. Well, we had this left guard, and his name was James Boatwright. And James was a really tough kid. Um, you know, 
He lived with his grandparents. He was just – and he was an awesome guy. Um, and breaks his ankle. Okay? Breaks, like, fractures his ankle. All right? So, <laughs> James tapes his ankle. He, he broke his ankle, like, the second game of the season. Sure. He tapes his ankle, and he's our left guard, so he pulls every play. <sighs> okay? And, and the kid played 12 games that year with a fractured ankle. Right. And, like, I, you know, I'll never forget that. Like, just the, the heart he had. And James ended up being a, um, a, a two-time all-SOCON all, uh, center at Virginia Military Institute. But, you know, James, that was, that was a perfect fit for James because James was crazy. Right. Like, we were, just like, we were like, man, you broke your ankle. Like, why are you not sitting out? And he's just like, you know, I want to play. And then he wins the state wrestling championship. Right. As a, as a senior. Um, but, you know, he was, you know, six foot, 235 pounds in high school. So, I, you know, James, James Boatwright to me will always be on the Mount Rushmore as far as I'm concerned just because of the toughness. Uh, you know, he overcame a lot and just the toughness he, he showed. Right. Um, you know, uh, Jonathan Ogden, you know, I mean, he, the dude was a beast. Um, I'd probably say, you know, Joe Thomas. I mean, geez, Louise, man, that's a t- that is that is a bad. That's a hard question to ask. I, um, yeah, I know, but it's a fun one. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, uh, golly, Owen Crutes, Nick Mangold. Man, I'm telling you, Nick Mangold. Now that's what that's a name I haven't heard from anybody yet. That's a, I think that's an underrated guy, Nick Mangold. He was. He was a good, great lineman for a long time that you don't hear a lot of um, – he doesn't get a lot of respect, I don't think. So, that's a that's a great choice. Yeah, I love Nick Mangold. He he was a dude. Um, you know, and I'll tell you one – I'll tell you one that, you know, I don't know if – I mean, he got a lot of love, but I just don't know if people, like, put him up there. And I don't know if he's a Mount Rushmore guy, but he's definitely up there. Uh, DeBrickashaw Ferguson, I really like. Yeah, I really like his game. I mean, I don't know if he was a. I don't. I don't know if you can put him in the top ten even, but I just really like. He was just one of those guys that didn't. It's. It feels like he just didn't have a long career. You know, it was. He was just just on the cusp of having that really long career, and then it was just he was done and over with. So I I think I, I, I can. He was a great player for sure. I can agree. I can see the 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 greatness in it. But yeah, I think. I just think he didn't have a long enough career. Right. Uh. You got. You had. Uh, was it Bruce Matthews? There's so many Matthews. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce Matthews. Matthews. Yeah, Bruce Matthews. I mean, that guy was a – what, he played like 18 years in the NFL or something? Something like that. Yeah, something ridiculous. Um, you know, but, I mean, look, man, it's just, you know – um, so I'd probably say, oh, man, golly, dude. <laughs> uh, you know what? I- I'll tell you this, Coach. I'm going to go ahead and plead the fifth. Yeah. How about that? I can I, – I'll, I'll allow it. There's too many dudes to put Leave somebody out. I'm not – I'm going to, you know well, – heaven forbid Kevin Munoz gets a, a hold of this and and he tracks me down, so. Right. I got you. No, you're, you're, you're fine. You're, you're, off, you're off the hook. Kevin Mawai. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said Kevin Munoz. I got him confused with Anthony Munoz. You're, you're, you're um, off the hook. It's no, no worries. 
appreciate it. Yeah, you appreciate bet. it. Uh, well, Coach, real quick before we get you out of here, do me a favor, drop your Twitter handle um, and any other information you want these guys to know. Yeah, guys, uh, my Twitter handle is at uh, Coach underscore Monroe 3. Um, you know, uh, anything anything the Twitterverse needs from me, I'll, I'll be sure to help you. Um, you know, I don't know how, how insightful I'll be, but, you know, um, big thing, guys, I, I, can, I can say this is, you know, don't let fear drive you in this business. I know we're all worried about, you know, keeping our jobs and, and you know, um, you know, what people think about us. Um, don't, don't worry about any of that. Just go out there and do what's right by your kids. You know, coach your tail off and, and, and have fun doing it. That's, that's the biggest thing I've learned in eight years, man. Just have fun and enjoy it because it's going to go by quicker than you think. That's no, no doubt about it. Absolutely, Coach. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, best of luck this season. Hopefully you guys uh, go out and kill it. And, uh, you know, hopefully everyone in the family staying safe, staying healthy, and, and looking forward to, to watching your guys' success. Yes, sir. Thank you, Coach. And, and thanks for all you do for high school football or football in general. I appreciate it. All right. We'll, we'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Coach. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you like and subscribe, and you can find previous episodes on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform.